O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, if you're following along closely, you'll notice that this is the second week in a row that the scripture lesson has talked about money. Now, I know that I am treading on thin ice to have two money sermons in a row, but in fairness to me, it's Jesus' fault because he keeps bringing up money. I didn't do it. And as I tell people in other situations, when it comes to the kingdom of God, I'm in sales, not management. You got to take it up with him. And truth be told, although money does come up in this passage, it's not the most difficult teaching in the lesson. Instead, what trips us up the most this morning is Jesus is saying, don't worry. Don't worry. Are any of you worried this morning? Oh good, it's just me? Well, I, I'm worried about lots of things. I'm, I worry about whether or not I'm saving enough for retirement. I worry about the global economy. I worry about my kids and if I'm being a good enough parent. I worry about my parents' health. I worry about college football. I, I worry about getting everything done this week in time for Thanksgiving. I worry that right after Thanksgiving comes Christmas. And I'm worried that that's coming a lot closer than I thought. I'm worried about shopping for everyone and getting gifts that people will like. I'm worried about spending too much money on those gifts. I worry about having to meet family that I don't really always enjoy spending time with. I'm kidding, I love my family. But I'm worried about my cousin and meeting her new boyfriend and, and making sure that I don't call him by the name of last year's new boyfriend. <laughs> I'm just worried. And I'm worried that I'm the only one who's worried. Is it just me or is anyone else worried this morning? I'm worried because when I look to Jesus for help with all the worrying, all that I find him saying to me is, don't worry. And I think that I file this away in that category of good advice that I'll never follow. Don't worry, says Jesus. Truth be told is that doesn't work in the real world, does it? Of course, the thing is, Jesus isn't really interested in us living in the real world. He calls us instead to live in God's world, a world in which we don't have to worry. He begins this instruction by telling us a simple truth that all of us know, that it's hard to work for two different bosses. Have any of you ever had two bosses at the same time? You can't ever please them both, or you end up working for one and not the other, or other one, you start to play against the other boss. You can't serve two bosses, says Jesus. And in fact, if you're trying to serve God as your boss, and yet also trying to serve money as your boss, you'll end up despising one of them. In fact, if money is your boss, well, money is a horrible boss. Because money is finite. Money is scarce. 
If money is your boss, your whole life will be focused on how to please that boss, how to get more of that money. And, and you'll come to find out that money has this weird thing that happens. The more money you get, the more stuff you can spend it on, the more expensive life becomes, the less money you then have, and the more money you end up needing. And so Jesus seems to say, try not to let money be your boss. It's just going to cause so much more worry. Instead, Jesus seems to offer a way of life devoted to serving God, believing in that God's promise that there will be enough, believing in that God's currency, which is love, of which, God says, there will always be enough. Now, I know that sounds good in theory, right? But that just won't work. Now, in fairness to Jesus, Jesus knows how difficult it is. It's why it's one of the commandments, right? Jesus doesn't go around commanding things that come naturally. Jesus commands things that are hard to do, like forgive everybody and love your enemy. And so I know that Jesus knows the command to don't worry is a difficult one to follow. But he gives us three things to do. I know you like sermons in threes, right? First, don't worry. Second, strive first for God's way. And third, focus on just today. And that's the logic of this whole passage. We sometimes don't realize it, but the whole passage taken together makes sense if we take it together. That first one, don't worry, he tells us not to worry about three specific things. Do not worry about what you're going to eat. Do not worry about what you're going to drink. And do not worry about what you're going to wear. Do not worry about food or drink or clothes. See, Jesus admits that there are basic needs of life, but he tells people to look around and see how God provides for creation. The birds and the flowers don't worry about what they're going to eat or what they're going to wear. God provides for even the lowliest in need. Now, you may object and say, but Ricky, that's just not true. In fact, I see people hungry on the street every single day. It's just not true that God provides enough for everyone. And that's true. There are people in this world in poverty and in need. But the thing is, economists and food scientists tell us that there is plenty of food on the planet. In fact, there's an oversupply. Per person, there's 17% more food than any one of us needs. The problem is, we humans get in the way of God's provision. It's an interconnected web of human failure that, that it really is on the 
international level, but also on the very personal level. All of us sometimes make bad choices. A global company that moves its factory overseas and leaves a town devoid of any real jobs. But also the person that you gave $5 to at the gas station who uses it to buy cheap liquor rather than dinner that night. All of us make choices. And some of those choices impact others. And some of people end up going hungry in a world that makes too much food. Well, I don't want to get into politics. I'll just stay on money. See, Jesus thinks it's a simple problem of sharing. It's just a problem of sharing. In fact, he points out a pretty funny joke. He says, guys, have you ever noticed that birds don't build barns? Only we do that because we have so much more stuff than we need that we have to store it somewhere. The birds just eat what they need for that day and they go to bed. And they get up and they fly around and they get what they need for that day and they go to bed. It seems to be us who are too worried that we'll run out tomorrow, that we're not truly grateful for today. Jesus seems to believe that if God's people would stop worrying about making sure they had enough to eat and drink and wear tomorrow and simply focus on today and be willing to share with others, then there would be enough for everyone. And if everyone lived like this, then none of us would have to worry. You may ask yourself, well then how do we get from here to there? And that's the very next thing Jesus talks about when he says, strive first for God's kingdom. Strive first for God's righteousness. Strive for those things and all the other stuff will be taken care of. Jesus seems to believe, and you can disagree with him, he's been called worse, but Jesus seems to believe that if you root yourself deeply in God's way of life, that communities truly can flourish. If you commit yourself to serving God and showing a way of love and mercy, that that truly can transform the world. Jesus believes that if you find a community committed to those goals, over time, your priorities will change as well. That as you give of yourself, as you serve others, you become less worried about your own stuff. And if you are blessed with resources, I believe if you share them through a trusted community, you can make an eternal difference. And that's what we strive to do here at St. Luke's. Now, none of what we do is perfect, and we are not a perfect place but we strive to put God's kingdom first. 
can we strive to use every penny you give to make this world a more loving reflection of God's kingdom. And you find that if you commit yourself to good work, whether it's helping people shop in the thrift shop, whether it's going on a mission trip to Panama City and hurricane relief, whether it's volunteering with children downstairs as they sing and dance and make a lot of noise. When you give of yourself and of the things that God has given to you, you begin to notice over time that the things that worried you so much aren't really that important. And if you do feel the worry creep back in, Jesus offers a final piece of advice. Don't worry about tomorrow, Jesus says, for tomorrow brings worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Another way of saying that is Jesus simply says, focus on one day at a time. Live life in the present. Recognize the gift that is today. Focus on that and leave tomorrow until tomorrow. One last thing and then we'll stop. This isn't the last time in Matthew's Gospel that Jesus will bring up concern over eating and drinking and clothing. Almost 20 chapters later, at the very end, Jesus tells a little story. He tells his disciples, when the Son of Man returns in glory and all his angels with him, he will sit on the throne and say to those on his right, Come, you that are blessed by my Father. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you gave me clothing. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you like this? And the Lord will reply, Whenever you did it, to the least of these, you did it to me. What will we wear? What will we drink? What will we eat? These are good questions. And the good news is the answer is that God and God's people will provide. Amen.